Welcome back to our study of the book of Philippians. This will actually be our final Bible study, our final session in the book of Philippians. And uh, at the end of this session, I'll tell you a little bit about what we're going to do next. But for now, let's dig into Philippians chapter 4. We're beginning in verse 14 and working our way through to the end, not only of the chapter, but of this great letter. Paul says in verse 14, Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. Now remember that what he's talking about is that the Philippians have sent him a gift. Earlier in the letter, um, earlier in this chapter, even in chapter 4, uh, verse uh, 10, he talks about rejoicing um, that they had revived their concern for him, that they'd had an opportunity finally to express their concern for him. And the way that they did that was by sending a gift to Paul by the hand of Epaphroditus. Remember, he's in prison. Um, and so they sent Epaphroditus to bring Paul things that he would need or that would bless him. Um, but he just said uh, in verses 10 to 13 that he really didn't need the gift per se because he had learned how to be content in all kinds of circumstances. Um, Christ empowered and enabled him uh, to endure plenty and endure want, right? Um, and so he, he didn't, strictly speaking, he didn't need the gift, which has the potential to sound ungrateful or rude. And so to make sure that he's not coming across that way or being understood that way, because that's certainly not what he uh, is intending. In verse 14, he says, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. So though I'm, I'm not saying that I, I desperately needed your gift, I am grateful for it. It was an expression of your kindness. I am in a difficult spot, right? He is in prison. Um, and um, more literally, uh, what he says in this verse is that they have um, fellowshiped with him in his trouble. In fact, um, in, in my Bible, I have a footnote that gives that alternate translation that they um, have fellowship in uh, Paul's trouble. So they have, they have joined him, they have partnered with him in a way in his suffering by sending um, this gift. Right, so um, when we can't be with somebody, when, especially when they're um, in trouble or in some kind of trial, uh, when we can't be with them to, to show them face to face how much we love them and care for them, um, a gift, a card, a phone call might seem like a really small thing, right? might seem insignificant compared to what you would like to do for them if you could possibly be with them. But those are real ways of experiencing and expressing fellowship nonetheless of, of saying in a sense I'm with you in this I, I'm suffering with you in your trial so um, that's what the Philippians did and um, their partnership with Paul which um, he mentioned at the very beginning of the letter that they've been partners with him in the gospel from the first day until now uh, has been a unique partnership look at verse 15 he says and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel when I left Macedonia no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Now, the Macedonia is a, a region or was a region um, in Paul's day that included Thessalonica, Berea, and Philippi, at least. And of uh, those three places we know that Paul went for sure um, based on his letters and the book of Acts. The Bereans are mentioned in Acts chapter 17. 
And Paul, of course, wrote two letters to the church at Thessalonica, as well as this letter to the church at Philippi. So we know that he uh, went to and um, probably started all three. In fact, I think we know for sure he started all three of those churches uh, based on Acts 16 and 17. Um, and yet it was only that, and maybe there were others too that we weren't told about, Yet it was only the church at Philippi of those at least three churches in the region of Macedonia that from the very beginning entered into a partnership with Paul of giving and receiving where when he went out from Macedonia to preach the gospel, they were helping him and aiding him, assisting him in his, in his work, in his labor, and so on. And that was unique because the church at Thessalonica didn't do that and the believers at Berea didn't do that. Only the church at Philippi did that. And so there's another hint at why this particular letter feels so personal and so um, and is so joyful because of this unique partnership that Paul had with the church there at Philippi. Uh, and then in verse 16, he says, Even in Thessalonica you sent me help for my needs once and again. Remember, Thessalonica was in Macedonia. So before Paul had even left that region, right, when he just went from Philippi to Thessalonica, even when he was down the road in Thessalonica, they were sending him uh, gifts. They were partnering with him in his ministry, um, sending him help, he says, once and again. Right? So more than once they sent aid to Paul while he was laboring in Thessalonica to preach the gospel and win people to faith in Christ. So this is a, a significant, unique, special partnership that Paul had with the church of Philippi. And once again, this reminds us of how significant gifts can be. Right? Gifts are not of supreme importance, and Paul's going to make that clear here in a moment. Um, gifts are not of supreme importance, but they can ex effectively express love, care, concern, and fellowship, and even joint partnership or joint purpose when those gifts are given to someone who's doing ministry, right? Maybe a, a missionary or a pastor or someone who's leading a, a, a Christian organization, right? When, when you... Um, minister to them, bless them, uh, aid them in their labor through your generosity of whatever kind, um, that's a way of partnering with them and building a relationship with them and uh, showing them that you not only care about them, but you care about the work that they're doing. So uh, that's what the Church of Philippi had done for the Apostle Paul. Now here's where he, he sort of clarifies, uh, I'm not saying this so that you will give me more gifts, right? Verse 17, he says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. In other words, I I'm not trying to get you to send me stuff. I'm not trying to get you to send me more gifts not trying to you know, flatter you so that you will increase the rate at which you give me things or, or, or send aid to me or whatever. He's saying, I'm not in it. I'm not saying this for me, for my benefit. I'm not saying this so you will um, give me more gifts. But what I am concerned about is when you give generously to a gospel partnership, the Lord blesses and rewards that, and that's something that I do desire for you. So I don't desire more gifts for me, but I do desire you to continue to give generously so that you will be blessed by the Lord. You'll be rewarded 
for your generosity, right? I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Or I have a note here, as you may as well, it says, I seek the profit that accrues to your account. We know that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. We know that the Lord um, blesses those who give generously. And so that's what Paul is encouraging them to do. Verse 18, he says, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. So not only do I not need any more gifts from you because the gift you just sent me was so generous, I'm so well supplied, I've, I've received full payment and more. He says, I've got all I need and then some because of the gift that you sent, which is one, a way of honoring them and the gift that they sent, telling them what a, what a, a great and abundant gift it was, but also a way of saying, I don't, I don't need you to send me any more right now. I'm not expecting you to send me any more right now. I'm not trying to you know, subtly twist your arm to send me another gift or anything like that. But then he says that their gift was an act of worship. He calls it a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. It was a way of worshiping and honoring the Lord when they gave this gift to the Apostle Paul, who is laboring to plant churches and preach the gospel, win people to Christ. Um, Their gift to him to support him and enable him to keep doing that uh, is not just... Uh, continuing a partnership between they and Paul, it is an act of worship that they are offering up to God himself because Paul is engaged in labor on behalf of the Lord. And so um, it was a, uh, again, not only a significant gift that they gave to Paul to bless him, but it was something that the Lord would reward and that was an act of worship. And that's true for us as well. When you give to your church, when you give to, uh, to missionaries, uh, when you give to uh, somebody who's you know, leading a nonprofit um, Christian ministry or anything like that, um, when we do those things, we are worshiping the Lord. We are honoring the Lord with those gifts. Right? And then notice what he says in verse 19 and 20. And he says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. In other words, you've given this great, generous gift. But let's remember who the ultimate giver is. The Lord himself, our God, will supply all of your needs. So maybe uh, when they sent Paul this gift, they thought, you know, we're kind of stretching ourselves here. And uh, we're, we're giving this gift to Paul, but we might end up in need as a result of how generous we're being. Well, Paul says, don't worry about that because God will take care of all of your needs. Remember the Bible says that uh, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Um, Every good and perfect gift comes down from him. Uh, Everything belongs to him and he is able to give us all that we need. He's promised to meet all of our needs. Remember Jesus in Matthew 6 tells us not to worry about food, clothing, etc. Because if we seek first the kingdom of God, he will add all these things to us. He'll give us all that we need. That's why he teaches us to pray um, uh, uh, for the Lord to give us our daily bread, right? So um, God will supply all of your needs. He's the ultimate 
giver and to him belongs all glory forever and ever. When we're able to give, that's because God has given to us. And when we give until it hurts and until uh, maybe we see that we're going to be in, in need a little bit, um, or that you know we're sort of, or we're taking a risk, right? By giving, anytime you give, you're um, you you may be thinking like, well, if I give this now, what if I don't have as much as I need, you know, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, because of this gift that I gave? Um, Bible doesn't. Uh, we we shouldn't be. Um, well, I'll just say the Lord will take care of us, right? Um, it's not saying that we should be. Uh, we don't want to be reckless in our giving, right? But we do want to be generous. And the Bible even commends those who give out of their poverty, like in uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Um, but um, the Lord will, will take care of us, right? He, he will supply all of our needs. Um, and then finally, he says, uh, verse 21 to 23, he says, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. Note that there are believers in Caesar's household, and they're sending greetings back to the church at Philippi. This is one of the reasons why we have greeting times at church when we're able. We're not really able to do that right now, but when we're able, we have greeting times in church because um, Paul encourages us to do this in his letters, to greet one another. Um, this is, a, again, a way of expressing fellowship and love and unity uh, between believers and between churches. And then finally, verse 23, he says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. That takes us right back to where Paul began. Of course, in chapter 1, verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's sending grace to them uh, or praying for grace uh, for them from the Lord Jesus himself. So that's the end of the book of Philippians. And uh, I hope you have enjoyed this study. I certainly have. It's been very timely in this season to see how Paul, even in the midst of his suffering, rejoices, has confidence in the Lord, uh, is encouraging people to follow Christ-like examples of humility and sacrifice and love, uh, how he points us again and again to Jesus, how he expresses his confidence in the Lord um, and not in himself and his own works. And on and on and on we could go. It's been a great letter. It's been a great study. Next, what we're going to do is we are going to uh, move to a doctrinal study. And we are going to talk about eschatology or the doctrine of last things. Before um, the coronavirus hit and we moved everything online, uh, we were in the midst of a study on Wednesday nights at our church of, um, of systematic theology, of basic Bible doctrine. And uh, we were sort of in the middle or near the end of the doctrine of the church. And so um, we're just going to move from that doctrine. There were a few things we could have covered um, if we kept going with that, but it's been a long enough break. We're just going to consider that part done. And we will move to the final doctrine we were going to cover, which is the doctrine of eschatology, which also means those of you who weren't a part of that study before, this is a great time for you to jump in. Um, it's, it'd be basically like a fresh start. So eschatology um, covers not only what happens uh, at our end, right, whenever we die, what happens, uh, we'll talk about that from the Bible, but also the last things in terms of uh, the end for everybody. Jesus' return, uh, various views about the millennium, what does the Bible say about that, how do people interpret that, 
and then uh, ending up with um, heaven, hell, the new creation, the new heavens, and the new earth, and so on. So I'm looking forward to that study, and Lord willing, we'll begin that together next week. See you then.